Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Blue Saloon. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I'm Peter Storm. I'm joined by the angry D-man, Eric Diamond, representing Big Blue, and Merck, Brett Merker to cover Gang Green. Uh, we're back for a special episode after a dark week for the holiday. Merck, I want to start off by first congratulating you on your fantasy football title. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was very happy to win one of two. I was actually in the finals in my other league. Uh, lost that one, but um, 50% when you're in two finals is pretty damn good. Yeah, great job, great job. D-Man finished third in our in our other league, which was a uh, some sort of consolation for you, D-Man, I assume. It was, but it was still disappointing that I didn't get to the final game. But I'll take it because I haven't made the playoffs in about, you know, five years. Plus, I won the weekly pick, so. Oh, we, we all know you won the weekly picks, believe me. <laughs> we all know. It was, I mean, I, I, you know, I wrote an email. I mean, it was, this, it was, you know, I don't know if anyone has ever read The Tale of Two Cities, but I had The Tale of Two Texts going on. I had Howard Ryder texting me about his son, hopeful, you know, on every play. And then I got Diamond over, the D-man over here. Oh, I'm not going to win. His usual nonsensical reverse psychology. All along, I had no doubt that D-Man was going to win this week. It was just, 60 points was just very aggressive by uh, Sam Ryder. Anyways, uh, guys, how were your holidays? Start with you, Merck. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough holidays. Um, health issues in my family, so a lot of uh, sleepless nights, but we got, we're getting through it. Um, looking forward to moving into 2021. I think we've all had it with this crappy piece of shit year. Um, that's the only <laughs> way to put it. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow night, and uh, we'll we'll move forward. Uh, New Year's Eve is the D-man's second favorite holiday after Valentine's Day, just for <laughs> their listeners. I'd say certainly your favorite holiday. Uh, my holiday's <laughs> been quiet, um, but relaxing, I guess. Um, so I can't, uh, you know, with everything we've gone through this year, I can't complain, even about the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to turning the page on uh, 2020, but I will admit I've been off from work since last Friday, and I've been able to completely check out, and that's been nice. Watching a little Knicks lately, actually, a lot of NBA. Which yeah, fun they're 2-2. Two two. That's, that's yeah. pretty good for them. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, um, we're going to change up the format a little bit this week because in my mind and in, in the three of us in our uh, creative meeting, there's only two – burning issues for the Giants and the Jets to cover after the events of the last two weeks. And the show is going to focus on those two items. But before, let me play this to represent what happened to the Giants last week. Song suggestion courtesy of Adam Kaplan on the Big Blue Facebook page. Staying alive. The Giants have lost three in a row, but somehow they can still win the NFC East if they beat the Cowboys this week and the Eagles defeat the Washington football team. Can this happen? You're going to want to listen later as the three of us will give our thoughts uh, later in the show. Um, I mean, the fact that the Giants have a shot are crazy. 
Uh, but you're going to definitely want to listen. I don't think anybody's been more accurate on the Giants than we have over here. Uh, D-Man, what, what was your reaction, you know, after the Giants lost the game, you know, lost to the Ravens, and we can get into that more later, but they really never even showed up for that game. I mean, three and out on the first drive of the game, three and out in the first drive of the second half of the game. That's all you need to know. But what was your reaction when you saw both Washington lose to Carolina and then the Cowboys beat the Eagles? I mean, what were you thinking about the Giants' chances? Well, I, I wasn't even thinking the playoffs. The vision after these last three games where we've gotten our asses kicked every single game and watching this this pathetic offense, which is painful to watch. It is hard to believe we actually have a chance of, of winning the division. We don't deserve it at all. It's almost embarrassing if we actually do win it at six and 10. Well, we will, we will get into that much more later, but I, I, you know, I think a lot of giant fans echo your sentiments right there, but so many New York teams, you know, uh, are so we're all so tired, you know, just COVID fatigue. I got draft fatigue. I'm so sick and tired of rooting for my teams that have higher draft picks that if the Giants make the playoffs, so be it. I'm all in on it. But before but before we get there, we got to discuss the Jets because a lot has changed over the last two weeks since we last, last were with you, and it all started with this. Maybe their best shot, and it was better than yours today, and out went the number one seed opportunity for these Rams in the playoffs. And out goes the winless season for the New York Jets. Aaron Donald, you can see the frustration as the Rams are now a game more like Seattle, playing the Seahawks next week. Sean McVay with a hug for his friend Adam Gase. And the biggest upset of the NFL season is 10 seconds away from being official. There's not going to be another snap in this one. And the I, I was almost ready for Al Michaels to do that call from the 1980 Olympics. Three, two, one. Do you believe in miracles? Because the Jets beating the Rams in that game was just completely insane. I mean, it's amazing what's changed. They actually don't have no chance for Trevor Lawrence because not only they beat the Rams, but they won again against the Browns. It didn't matter. Jacksonville wasn't going to win a game. They were pulling people out all over the place. Uh, it wasn't happening. Merker. I, I, you know, you were yeah. pretty, you know, you were quiet. I know you had other things going on and, and uh, completely understandable, but this could not have made you happy. Uh, it was that that just brought up some horrible thoughts that I had the day that I was watching them blow what we thought was going to be the number number one pick in this year's draft with Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I actually picked the Rams versus the Bills in the Super Bowl. I retracted that very quickly after that game. Uh, they look terrible. The, the Jets actually look good. That's what's crazy about this. This was this was not just the Rams imploding. The Jets look good. The defense look good. Uh, Sam Darnold looks decent. Um, you know, the, the offensive line looked good, but it was it was crushing. Uh, when I realized that it was over, uh, I started to, you know, kind of deal with it. Um, it's it's the morning phase. I'm kind of getting through it. Um, we have the second pick and then there's going to be a lot of, a lot of choices to be made over the next few months. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a very painful day for me. I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into that a lot more, um, right now. Um, what Merker, what do they do about the quarterback position? Do they stick with Sam or do they go with somebody in the second pick in the draft? I mean, in the big blue Facebook page, we've, it's been a lot of discussion about it. 
I have my very strong opinion about it, which I'll share after you do. What, what, what are your thoughts about this now? Unfortunately, as a Jets fan, I said this weeks ago, we reserve the right to change our mind every single day because it's just miserable. So why not allow us to change our mind and, and whatever we feel like on that day? Cause something will, something will not work out for us. So I'll probably change my mind tomorrow. Um, but to me, I, you have three obvious options and then I'll tell you what my option is as of today. But again, it may change tomorrow. Uh, you obviously can keep Sam Darnold who's looking better um, this will be very much dependent on who the coach is that they bring in when they hopefully fire Adam Gase. Um, you can draft potentially uh, Sewell and you move Becton to right tackle and you have your bookends for 10, you know, for 10 years. Although it does concern me a little bit moving Becton to left tackle or to right tackle from left tackle. So there's some concerns around there. Uh, or, you keep Darnold, choice number two, and you trade down from number two overall and, and acquire picks. Or third one is you draft your quarterback, and maybe that's Zach Wilson, maybe that's Justin Fields. Um, you know, everything I'm reading as of today, it's Zach Wilson. Um, you know, a, a, he's climbing up the boards, and, and Fields is going backwards. I, I couldn't tell you who the better prospect is. If you're asking me what my choice is today on December 30th, my choice is you keep Sam Darnold. Uh, and you do one of two things. You either draft Sewell and you lock up that offensive line or you trade down. Uh, we'll see how far. And maybe you still pick up a quarterback later in the first round. Uh, and, and, you know, who knows? Maybe you get a Jamar Chase or Pitts, the tight end, who's su- supposedly going to be another generational tight end. Uh, but I keep Darnold at this point. It was Trevor Lawrence or bust. Um, let's get the court. Let's get the, uh, let's get the coach in, see what he wants to do. But that's my choice today. Keep Sam Darnold, either trade back or pick Sewell. D man, what are you, what are your thoughts about this? Now? Give him a little more confidence. And well, to sorry. Um, I actually think, I mean, as far as the jets goes, I think they have a tough decision to make. Now the jets have been playing better, but the real, this really the, the bowl game on uh, Ohio State versus Clemson. If Josh Fields plays very well in that game, that's going to lift his value. But if he plays poorly like he has the last few games, I think he's out of the question. And then Zach Wilson, who are they playing in the bowl game? So who is he playing? They already played. Oh, he did. Um, so a lot of the – as you can all see, the D-man is not exactly a college football I'm not, but here's the thing, though. I don't know what the Jets are going to do. I really don't. They have a tough decision. I think they already have a lot of draft picks to begin with. Do they believe in Sam Darnold? Or, because here's the thing, is Zach Wilson a guarantee compared to um, Trevor Lawrence? Of course not. But Here are my thoughts on it. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, this is, you know, I'm, I'm not an NFL general manager, but this is what they should do. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what they should do. And Merker, you highlight, you, Merker outlined three options very well. I feel very strongly about one of them. I mean, I think, you know, the only issue with these two Jet wins is, you know, Darnold hasn't exactly been, you know, unbelievable. He's been good. He's managed the games well. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't done enough to say, hey, this is the guy. So what I do is I stick with Sam for the next season, 2021 season. I think, you know, he's going to be in the fourth, his fourth year. Um, he's one year away from making big money. So you have another year to really look at him. 
I use the second pick in the draft for what it is. There are so many quarterback desperate teams, right? There's Atlanta, there's San Francisco, there's Washington, there's even New England. That number two pick is going to be just as valuable as it was when Dave Gettleman picked Saquon Barkley instead of trading down. The Jets can get a mother load for that pick. There's going to be somebody out there that loves Zach Wilson. There's going to be somebody out there that loves Justin Fields. There may even be somebody out there that loves Mac Jones or, or Trey Lance. So if I'm the Jets, I trade that number two pick. I trade down. I don't care where you trade down to, but you, you can set up the franchise for years with this pick. And then what you do is the Jets have Seattle's pick, which is in the 20s. Um, there's a kid, Kyle Trask out of Florida. I take that. I take him because that's about where he's supposed to go. And then you have competition for Darnold and you still have all those other picks to address all their other needs and $98 million worth of cap space. Um, I, you know, I think, I think, I think it's a, it's a clear path. There is going to be somebody that's going to give the jets a mother load for that pick. Uh, There's so many quarterback needy teams. I mean, Washington is, is, is going to be desperate and they could pick as high as five or six. So you're only trading down a little bit there. Uh, you know, so, you know, the only teams in the league that are that are in the top, the only teams that are in the top that aren't going to be looking for a quarterback is, is probably uh, Miami with Tua and probably San Diego with Justin Herbert. And Cincinnati so, either. You know, I, and Cincinnati with Joe Burrow is probably not going to be looking for a quarterback. And even Dallas, uh, it seems pretty clear that they're probably going to stick with Dak. So those teams aren't going to be really looking for quarterbacks. So I, I think the Jets are really, you know, they, losing Lawrence was terrible. Uh, you know, some of the headlines were hysterical. But, you know, if you, you know, Joe Douglas is as good as they say he is. He could parlay this into what Dave Gettleman did not. And, and I, you know, there's finally a lot of articles that are finally coming to their senses about how I felt about Gettleman with that pick. But that's for another day when the Giants do not make the playoffs. The bigger question, Merck, is going to be about Adam Gase. Now, we reported yesterday that through via WFAN that we have heard that Adam Gase has been told that he will be fired at the end of the season. Adam Gase came on today and denied it, but, you know, that's not surprising as he's a narcissist. Um, he probably was fired and didn't realize it. <laughs> I mean, is there, any, is there any way Gase is back next year? Now, I know I was teasing Jet fans. I, uh, I was teasing Jet fans all on Sunday night, you, Merker, because you were quiet, but my other Jet fan friends like Neil Morris and Michelle and Seth Kaplan saying, you know, you know Gase, you know, the Jets could win three in a row. Woody Johnson can rationalize and say, hey, we could have really won the last four out of five, including the Raider game, if it wasn't for Greg Williams. This guy's got the arrow pointing up. But, Merker, there is no way that they can do this to you guys and keep Adam Gase, is there? I, I Listen, um, logically, there's no way they can keep Adam Gase. I said it earlier uh, this year, though. What's, what's really tough for me is the lack of fan involvement in this decision. And what I mean by that is no fans in the stadiums. You know, the Johnson family is not hearing this pressure. You're seeing it in the, in the media a little bit, but it, it's not uh, it's not on the back pages all the time about Gase. So I worry about things like that. But I, I, you're right. Four games, they've essentially, you know, they won three games potentially now with with the Patriots. They should have won that Raiders game. They're definitely looking better. They got they get rid of Greg Williams. The offense is, is humming a little bit. The defense looks like they're, you know, all over the field. Um I, you know, you'd think logically there's no chance that Gase is going to be there. I don't believe it. But here's the thing. When you when you reported and others reported that Craig Carton was the one that got that story and that scoop, I immediately thought to myself, uh oh, Gase is staying because I don't I don't trust 
Craig Carton at all. Now, I've seen it reported in a couple of other pretty reliable sources, but not as much as you'd think. Uh, you'd think that that story would be popping out. Um, I, I'm a little bit nervous. I think they're going to beat the Patriots most likely. Uh, that's three in a row. Um, could they keep Gase? I, I can't imagine it, but w- what would surprise you about the Jets? I mean, unless Joe Douglas has the power that I hear he has, there's no way he could logically think that Gase could be my quarterback next year. So uh, if, 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 if we all are, are right with our opinions, we're going to have a nice new brand new spanking head coach who can pick his offense, pick his defense, get us set up for a couple of years. Uh, and I only say a couple of years because likely they'll have to fire that coach in two years when they, when they go one and 15 and two and 14 over the next couple. But uh, I think if I'm, uh, if I'm a betting man, Gase is gone uh, within a couple of days after the season. One problem now with the Jets job is not, I mean, it's not as attractive as it was before. I mean, we can't, we can't deny that. I mean, very true. It is know, not. It's you, terrible. You know, you're not you're not going to see some of the names that you had seen before. But you know something, there are names out there. I mean, there's the Kansas City Chiefs, um, you know, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator. You can look there. Um, you, the other big said, name I I was hearing uh, my sources is uh, the one and only Dave Burke, a good friend of uh, mine and yours, Pete. Is uh, you know Wink Martindale, great name. Uh, defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And that actually makes sense with Joe Douglas and his, you know, his connections to the Ravens. Uh, There was word about, you know, Wink Martindale bringing in Lovey Smith and some others, some old school kind of football coaches Um, that interests me. Listen, anybody from that Baltimore tree I'm I'm excited about, but you're right, Pete, this is, this is not the, uh, the, you know, Bill Cowher's not coming here for Zach Wilson or for Penny Sewell. Um, So (laughs) We we have uh, we have completely changed now from a from a franchise that's getting the number one pick and can pick their coach to who the hell knows what's going to happen. Well, I mean, as, as Adam Gase, uh, you know, when we talk about Craig, Craig Carton, I don't like him either, but he is well connected with the Jets organization. I don't think he would have gone on there as passionate as he did about it. I mean, listen, he's not really taking a chance. I mean, there's a ninety five percent chance right. this guy is getting fired. And he could say, hey, I was the one who broke it. You know, kind of like what Stephen A. Smith does all the time. Yeah, he was verifying but, it today, too, that this is definitely yeah, the truth. What, what did, what did, what did no, he say? said, I know for a fact, about. he was told that he's being let go, you know. Told by who? Um, I guess by Johnson, but. Yeah, no, so look, I'd the... be shocked if, if by noon on Monday, he's not fired officially. I think it could happen. Sunday yeah, I do night. too. I mean, I mean just you can't keep. It yeah. Dry. So, I mean, Burke, you would agree. That's really what it's out there about the Jets. Whether they win this week, lose this week, tie, doesn't really matter anymore. They're locked into the number two pick. Um, you know, there's some, you know, some positives, but how many of these guys, you know, Quinton Williams is done for the year. You know, it's all about seeing what Sam Darnold can do, I guess, against New England. Um, you know, the real story now is in week 17 in this area is the Giants. Can the Giants beat the Cowboys and then go home, get ready for Sunday night football, and root on the Eagles like they never have? Um, I'm going to give my prediction on this game and what I think is going to happen, and I'll and I'll and it, and then we'll go over to Merck and then we'll go over to the D-man. I don't know, guys. The Giants. I don't know about you guys, but the Giants have given me no indication over the last three games that they have any chance to win this game. 
Um, the most concerning part for me, D-Man, I don't know if and we, we discussed this, of the Ravens game, was that they didn't even seem to play hard. I, I don't know what you thought, but I didn't see them play hard. Did you? No, honestly, their effort and uh, performance over the last three games has been horrendous and, and shocking coming off that great win at Seattle. I mean, they sucked me in. And yeah. I, I can't believe what I've seen the last three weeks. It's almost worse than it was in the beginning of the year. And yeah, I, I mean, they were playing competitive games. Their games against Arizona, Cleveland, and then Baltimore were never competitive. Uh, these games were not competitive. I mean, it was, it, 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 I felt like I was watching the Pat Shermer ever again the last game. They were unprepared, outcoached. I mean, I think the defense is playing hard, especially in the first half. But when your offense consistently, I, I but when your offense consistently goes three and out, three and out, three and out, you don't move the ball, you're, you're giving the other team great field position. They're going to get worn down. Now, the concern about me about the defense, there's been no pass rush the last three games, and he, now they can't stop the run. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, but I have a feeling this game is going to come down to the offense. And I've said this many times. The Giants' offense is anemic to begin with. But take away the threat of Daniel Jones running, and they're just downright hard to watch. They're worse than the Jets. The offense is terrible. The receivers get no separation. Dante Pettis playing his first game with the Giants got more separation than any other receiver. Darius Slayton, he, he misreads balls. He drops balls. I, I don't know what's gone on with him this season. I, I mean, and Sterling Shepard plays hard, but, he you know, he, he's the king of six catches for 27 yards, and that doesn't do you a lot of good. Evan Ingram, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of blame going around with Jason Garrett, and some of it's deserved. Some of it I don't think it is. They have no offensive talent. We talked about this in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Oh. And the, and the offensive line is taking a step back. I mean, Andrew Thomas hasn't played bad, but the rest of the offensive line. Oh, Lemieux line, and uh, Fleming, they were horrible last game. And they got destroyed. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure why Lemieux is still playing over Will Hernandez. But, he yeah, is. I think they're pissed off at Will Hernandez over the whole COVID thing. That's my thing. And another thing, on defense, Leonard Williams has gone invisible over the last two weeks. They haven't had a sack in three so games. I think they've had one sack in the last few weeks. Yeah. So that all of that being said, the Cowboys have a terrible defense. But can the Giants even take advantage of that? I don't think well, so. And then, and on offense, Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback. I'm sorry, I you know, and, and and I think in the long run, the Giants win better. The worst case scenario is the Giants winning this game and then Washington winning their game. I I, I you know I rather see the you know out of the three scenarios that could happen, I, the no, number one, yes, I would like to see the Giants win and Washington lose. I would like to see that. But number two, I'd like to see the Giants just lose. And number three, I'd like to see the Giants win and the Red and Washington win. However, I think I'm going with scenario two. I like the Cowboys 28, the Giants 17. I just don't see the Giants winning this game. They've been playing poorly. Uh, I think the honeymoon period a little bit is over with Joe Judge. Um, and, I, and I think the Cowboys will be able to throw the ball in the Giants. Merck, what are your thoughts on this game? I agree with a lot of what you said. You know, first, let's start with Dalton. I think you're right. I mean, he was a starter for many years. He, he's never been great, but he's definitely a, a professional quarterback, certainly a really good backup, but he can lead a team. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys offense is playing really well. They, they have scored 30, 41 and 37 points over the last three weeks and won all three games. Now, uh, the second game against uh, San Francisco, they gave up 33 points. Um, obviously, San Francisco is not a major offensive team, so that shows you what that Cowboys defense is all about. So the Giants might be able to exploit it a little bit, um, but I, I don't. The Giants don't have that passion I saw a few weeks ago. Um, Merck, Joe Judge, Merck, I, that, I, I want to add one thing on the offense. 
that you just mentioned. I'm not sure what's wrong with Daniel Jones. Is he just dumb? But he's quoted yeah. today as saying that he can't run. So, you know. Yeah, he's he's not he's not healthy. Obviously, I think Joe Judge rushed him back too soon. We all know that. Uh, makes sense why they're they're trying to win a division, trying to win games. Uh, but he doesn't look the same he he was uh, earlier in the se- as he was earlier in the season. Uh, we all know that he's he's got good wheels when when they're not broken. Uh, that part of the game is gone right now, and defenses know that. So they're keeping him in the pocket, um, and he obviously turns the ball over. Uh, Cowboys offense looking better. The defense is terrible. Um, you know, I, I'm a little surprised by by the lack of emotion you see from the from the Giants. I, I've been so high on Joe Judge and how hard he has him playing, but they're just not playing hard right now. Um, which is surprising. They've kind of packed it in a little bit. Now they do have a shot to, to win this division. It's, it's crazy, you know, typical 2020 where there's like 25 different scenarios. You can either win a division or get a top five pick for the giants. I mean, it's just craziness, but um, I'm going to go along with you. I think, I think the giants will score a touchdown and then, and then uh, your favorite kicker, Graham Gano will, will probably uh, kick three field goals. uh, But ultimately uh, the Cowboys will win 34 to 16. Oh, so you, you don't even see this being close. Very interesting. You're right about Graham Gano. Eric and I, D-Man and I both think Graham Gano is the MVP of the team. D-Man, yeah. what's your prediction on this game? Do you, you, do you go with Merker and I, or do you still buy into the – No, I don't buy into them at all. Um, I do think that they will play uh, harder this week than they have in the last few weeks. You know, the only way they're going to win – is if they create turnovers, which they haven't been able to do over the last few weeks, and they have to be able to run the ball, um, which they haven't done since the Seattle game. And the problem is that defenses are stacking the line because they don't respect the giant receivers in passing game. They have one-on-one coverage, and they're not worried at all. So they're they're sending six players uh, at the quarterback every play. And – you know, there's no one open because they have poor separation. If they're open, Jones throws it to the wrong person or someone misses a block. Yeah. I mean, how many missed blocks did you see from that offensive line last week? It was a joke. Jones is literally running for his life in the second half of that game. No, I mean, I've never seen so many missed blocks. I mean, I mean, they take turns missing blocks. It's amazing to me. But the thing is, they don't. the receivers, they don't even worry about them. They're not playing zone. They're man-to-man. They're on them. And they can say, listen, you're not going to run on us. Go pass on us. We don't, we're not scared. Do you think the defensive coordinators are losing any sleep over this giant offense? Absolutely not. I mean, boring is a nice way to put their offense. This is the worst offense in NFL history. Let's be real. Isn't this, I think that's a bit of bit, um, <laughs> I think that's a bit uh, of a uh, exaggeration. exaggeration. Now, but, wait, by uh, the way, you want to hear the biggest joke of it all? To call Evan Ingram and a pro a pro ball player, you got to be kidding me. I mean, there must be. Yes, I, I, that's a joke. Congratulations, congratulations to Evan Ingram for making the. Pro Are you ball. kidding me? What what a it joke! Is. How did this guy? Make, you you make a great point. How did this guy ever make the pro ball? He is the worst. How many balls bounce off his? I, I'm not even getting into it. I cannot believe when he. Makes well, that's because there's that. no good uh, tight ends in the NFC East, NFC. I mean, compared to the AFC. I, I don't. I, I don't care. Just, uh, the, the guy on Dallas is better. The backup on the Eagles is better. Dallas Goddard. I, I, what about Robert Tanyan of the Green? Oh, Bay? Joe Logan of Washington. Yeah. 
Logan Thomas. The only Giants offensive player that, that should be on the All-Pro team is, is Gano, our kicker. That's it. Give Jimmy Graham a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> yeah, but Graham has had more touchdowns than Ingram. But but Evan Ingram, God, I couldn't believe when I saw that. The only giant that deserved to be the Pro Bowl was Graham Gano and, and James Bradbury. Well, or and Martinez, I'd say. Yeah, maybe or, or, or Logan Ryan too. And, and congratulations to the Giants for getting Logan Ryan signed to an extension. That was a really good move by the Giants. Um, we, we should make mention of that. But D-Man, saying all that, you still like the Giants, right, this week? No. I mean, my heart well, <laughs> my heart's pulling for them. But, you know, here's the thing with Dallas, and and, and, and Merck uh, talked about it. First of all, Dalton is a lot more comfortable with the, the offense right now than he was when he first started. And you see it. Um, he's been very efficient. He threw three touchdowns. And he still beat the Giants. He still beat the Giants. He did, but he almost threw for 400 yards uh, against Eagles last week. And the Giants struggled to throw for 150 yards. I said the only way they're going to win this game is really winning the turnover battle, running the ball, and 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 getting pressure on Dalton. Now, the, maybe they can get pressure this week because the one thing that Dalton is compared to the other quarterbacks they faced, he's not mobile. You know, they were facing you know Murray and Mayfield. You know, they're very mobile quarterbacks. Lamar, yeah, don't Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, how, do, how, how do I forget him, Lamar Jackson? Because he made them look foolish. It was it was embarrassing to watch. But Dalton doesn't move that much. So maybe they can get some pressure on him. I mean, if you get pressure on Dalton, can make some mistakes. Look, can you win this game? Absolutely. We've seen them beat Seattle. But I don't see it. And Dallas, to me, is playing the best ball of, of the season. So my prediction is Cowboys 31, Giants 17. Okay, so all three of us, I was surprised. I thought one of us would uh, pick the Giants, but all three of us and, and the D-man on a very on a hot streak with his picks, all three of us do like Dallas. So that means next week, if that happens, we will get into Dave Gettleman yeah. a lot. We will not get into him now. We'll get into If the Giants lose this week, we will start talking about their offseason. Um, my hope would be that Gettleman would be fired on the same day as Adam Gase. Um he deserves to be, but we'll see if that happens. Uh, because if he, if the season ends as we suspect, the Giants will have been th- uh, five and uh, five and eleven this year, coming off four and twelve last year, and three and thirteen the year before. Those are the three years of Dave Gettleman. Not sure how you keep his, your job with those records, but we. No, he needs think. to be let go. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's listen. It's all you know. It's all over the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of people have now drank the Kool Aid that I've been drinking on on the Saquon Barkley thing, um, but there's you know, it's it's not even just that he has missed a lot more than he has hit, and I don't even give him and I and I was having a conversation with my cousin this week. I don't even give him credit for the good moves that were made this year. Blake Martinez is a Patrick Graham guy from Green Bay. You know, Bradbury was his second or third choice as a free agent, so he kind of backed into that. The Leonard Williams trade. He still gave up a third and a fourth round pick or third and fifth round pick. And to keep him, he's going to have to pay $80 million instead of signing him outright as a free agent after his half a sack year. So all the arguments that giant fans that like Gentlemen are making do not stack up. For oh, me. Can I, but we will get, we will get much more into this. If the giants do not let make, me just the say, if they make the playoffs, we'll talk about, the let playoffs. me just talk about Patrick Graham for a second. Is it me or does it appear that all the teams now have figured out the Giants' zone defense and have no problems with it? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was a little concerning to see that the Ravens really have one receiver that you have to worry about, that being Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews ate him up alive. So when you see that happen, you really shouldn't be sitting in a zone. Um, I think, you know, I think they scouted out what they, you know, I think it was a surprise to Russell Wilson, and then I think the other three teams are ready for it. I mean, I, I hope he does something different this week because the Cowboys have about four or five really good receivers. Yeah, they're going to have to do some more blitzing from the corner positions um, because the front four are not getting enough pressure. And you give any quarterback enough time, they're going to eat you apart. And the Giants' pass rush on the, on Lamar Jackson was so bad. You heard him on the on the TV uh, broadcast talking about, you know, I don't know if they used elephants or something like that. It was they were laughing basically at the Giants' pass rush, how bad it was. And it was it was? I think we got Kevin Kubler back last. Yeah. Week. Well, we deserve to have him on. Yeah. Anyways, moving on, just you know, a couple of our. Uh, business stuff so next week we'll be on we'll be either talking about um the giants pl- playoff game against would be either tampa bay or seattle or and seattle we would play them that's what's funny whoever yeah or we'll be talking about their offseason for the jets we'll be talking about whether adam gase is still employed or not i highly doubt it and we'll start talking about the quarterback position more so that's what will happen next week but before we get there quinn and williams versus lennon williams Leonard Williams is going to win this. Uh, he's going to win it. He is at eight and a half. Quinton Williams is seven. But Quinton Williams is done for the season. But Mercury, you got to be happy this year with the development of Quinton Williams going forward. Very excited. Uh, the the interior line of, of the Jets with Fadakasi and, and Quinton uh, looks really solid. I'm excited about that. Um, we, we also need some pass rushers. But um, there's some bright spots on defense, and, and Quinton is, is right in the middle of that. So, yeah, I'm happy with this progress for sure. Okay, um, so Leonard Williams has one more week to build on the eight and a half. We we thought he'd be double digits, but it doesn't look like he's going to make double digits as he's dis- he's completely disappeared over the last two weeks, which is very very disappointing because this is when the Giants needed him the most uh, over the last two weeks, and he's completely not been there for them. Um, moving on, over the last two weeks, uh, the D Man and Michelle Holavichek have won the pool both for the second time. So, D-Man, nice, nice work. Um, your daughter, Samantha, actually had a chance to win the second time, and she lost. So, at least you uh, were able to do it for the Diamond family. Yeah. Your brother still hasn't yeah, done anything. But you guys enjoy. I said, still shocked my brother hasn't uh, won a week because he's, he's really good at picks and stuff like that. Now, when... Yeah, well, like, like me, like me, he's never even been in the running. So, you know, <laughs> anyways... You guys are joining an elite club that I call the Big Blue Saloon Legends Club with Neil Martucci and Matty Narlinger. So that's an exclusive club that the four of you share. Uh, maybe there'll be a fifth person uh, next week. But, uh, D-Man, I hope you enjoyed it, um, the $70. I, I'm sure you didn't give it to Samantha. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I have plenty of bills to pay. All those holiday gifts, you know? <laughs> yeah, you are. And Valentine's Day is coming up as well. That's your holiday. So... <laughs> As for the shave the head contest with the three of us, D-Man, you look safe at 158. I've got 154. Merker, 2021 may not start off well for you at 153 if you have to shave your head. I am in trouble. Yeah, I am just horrendous. I'm good at fantasy football, I guess. I, you know, I won, won the uh, our league, Pete, and then lost in the finals uh, in my other league uh, that I've been doing for 27 years. 
Uh, but I am horrible at picking games. I cannot figure it out. I've tried everything. I've I've looked at you know experts. I guess I I just have no clue what I'm doing. So hey, jo- that's all right. Um, join the club. Join the know, club. I it's weird, right? It seems a lot easier than it than it is. Uh, D man has figured it out though, so I might have to uh, I might have to plagiarize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, D man is a is a two time winner, and I know the D man. He's figuring out. All the permutations and combinations to get himself in that second or third place. I don't think it's possible, but well, we know. I know you, and I know you are looking into it. Let's just say that. (laughs) Um. So if you're, you know, if you, but next week, I would call this, uh, you know, a lot of fun. The Big Blue Saloon uh, Pick'em Challenge. It was a lot of fun, more fun than I imagined it would be. You know, it was fun watching the Monday night games and the points and all that. Everyone who was into the finals really got into it. There was a lot of texting going on. Definitely uh, hope to grow it. I, I hope to double it in size for next year. So we'll see. Anyways, if you're a listener, please do not forget to join the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. We are at 139 members. We actually were really at 140, but we somebody dropped out. Well, <laughs> we're only so. Uh, and, and if you're not, I think they're uh, getting tired of all the Glenn Consor postings. Um, Glenn Glenn is a old friend of the D-Man and I's, and he only and I asked him. I said, "Listen, you are always on the cusp of uh, breaking news, so put it up there. I, you know, the more news, the better." So I do appreciate what uh, what Glenn has done. Uh, what I like, Pete, about Glenn is that, and I don't know Glenn. He 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 cites a source for everything that he puts on there, which is important. So not only is he he's you know he's not claiming that is his. Uh, but he is he is making sure that everybody knows that there's a source behind all of his breaking news. But uh, I, I enjoy seeing what he's got to write every every day. There's something he, new he, is, he is one and, and a D man will attest to this. He is one of the funniest people in the world. Yeah. He's a sports enthusiast. He is one of the funniest people in the world. He uh, he looks like Jonah Hill before Jonah Hill lost weight <laughs> to give you to give to give you some context. And he is in his car all day. So I can just imagine him hearing something on the news, pulling over to the side, and not wanting to disappoint me in posting it. I, I got to tell you, it's taking a lot of pressure off of me, so I'm happy about that. Thank you, Thank Glenn. You, or I, as I call him, the concerarian. That's what you call him. <laughs> Anyways, once we get up to 150, uh, probably by next, by 2022, um, we will give out a free hat. So before we go, Merck, D-Man, we'll start with you, Merck. Any final thoughts as we close out? The last show of 2020. Well, uh, you know, the obvious is goodbye 2020. Uh, What an exhausting year for all of us. It has just been horrendous. I'm really excited about 2021. I don't know what's to come in 2021. I can't imagine it's going to be worse. So that's the obvious thing to say. I, I, I again wanted to thank you guys for letting me, uh, you know, vent a little bit about my beloved Jets team. Um, it, it really, it's really therapeutic. Um, I have a lot of rage against the Jets and I'm able to kind of uh, talk myself out of it on this, on this podcast. So it's been a lot of fun in 2020. I'm excited about the next couple of weeks talking about uh, week 17, what the draft looks like, the playoffs, who knows, maybe the Giants will be in and we'll be talking about the playoffs a little bit uh, with them. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, I just wanted to wish you guys and our and our uh, thousands and thousands of <laughs> listeners a very 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 happy, safe, and healthy new year. Uh, and looking forward to continuing this uh, next week. D man, well, I second what Merker said. I mean, first it's been fun to do the uh, podcast, although the Giants and Jets both stunk this year. 
So, you know, made it a little bit less fun. Um, you know, as far as, you know, it would be sort of interesting if the Giants won and somehow, you know, Philadelphia beat Washington and the Giants are in it just so we could really focus on the game. But the reality is we are far from really being an appropriate playoff team. As I said, we have the one of the worst offenses in NFL history, and it, it's so boring. It's been so boring to watch. I mean, it really is. Um, and unfortunately, it seems like the Gallman train is basically <laughs> went off the rails or something because it's not moving at all. But maybe you could uh, have one last run this week against Dallas. So. D-Man always has to get in a shot at me. before. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the one who posted that picture on Facebook. Am I that? <laughs> um, that, 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 that picture is my favorite picture. Oh, no, you posted like five times already. Any excuse I find to post that picture. Yeah. Um, and I wish uh, you guys and, and all our 140 listeners a happy new year. <laughs> Yeah, so my, my final things, I want to echo your thoughts. Um, I want to wish you guys and all our thousands and thousands and the millions that are listening uh, a happy new year. I want to thank both of you for uh, joining me in this project. I mean, somebody posted on Facebook today, um, you know, what, you know, the, the quarantine and the pandemic stunk. But I think everybody has done something that they would never have had time to do before. And for me, this is something I've always wanted to do. So, you know. If you want to take one, you know, take, take a positive of something I've been able to do with my extra time. Uh, it was this podcast, but I could not have done it without the both of you guys. Uh, you know, Seth Kaplan, I want to throw out there. Neil Morris, you know, um, Michelle, everybody who has helped us, uh, you know, get, you know, get to where we are. I, I, I do believe, you know, you know, we've, we've practiced the craft. And I think going forward next year, we'll start booking some more guests and things like that. And we'll, we'll really take this off. But just staying in present time. I, I, I do think it'd be really interesting for us if the Giants made the playoffs, but I think it'll also be interesting for us if they actually fired Dave Gettleman too. So that means that none of those things will happen next week and we'll have to find something to talk about with the Giants. Um, I, you know, I, my gut tells me the Giants lose and Gettleman somehow keeps his job or he retires. Or I think he may retire. Sure. I don't know if he'll ever be fired. I can see him retiring. He's about, he's going to be 70 years old. I mean, but, you know, at the end of the day, and I know, and, I, and, one, and I'll be honest, one of my inspirations for this podcast is the fact that I think he's done one of the worst jobs in the history of New York sports front offices. He's right there to me with Isaiah Thomas, Phil Jackson, or any of the other Knicks general managers. I mean, Martucci posted something on Facebook today that if he had a choice, he'd still go with the Giants over the Jets. John Mara is a buffoon. I mean, he really is. This organization has not been well run since his father died. He don't know what the hell he's doing. Tish is an entertainer. He doesn't really care until like one of his friends in the Hamptons tell him, you know, you should care. I mean, that's literally the truth. Tish does not care until one of his friends in the Hamptons say something to him. So the Giants are not in great hands right now. And it's evidenced by the fact that they've let this guy Gettleman really run the team for, into the ground for three years with all the capital and money that they had. Um, they should have been better. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, hopefully the arrow points up with Joe Judge. We shall see. Um, but you know, anyways, this will be the last show of 2020. Um, it's closing time in the saloon. You don't have to go home. We will be back next week for the first show of 2021. And we don't know what we'll be discussing, but we'll be discussing something. So for Eric Diamond and Brett Merker, I'm Peter Storm. We will see you next week. <laughs>